Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Even in my imagination, she's filled with spitfire and ass. I pull her toward me and wrap my arms around her waist, flicking my tongue over her nipple closest to me. It grows even harder. She inhales sharply. Dom, she murmurs, moving closer to me and pushing her boobs in my face. If you tease me, I'm going to get very annoyed. She thinks I'm teasing? Oh, sweet cat. We're just getting started. I push her breasts together and move my mouth from one nipple to the other. Her breathing catches, and she throws her head back, her face etched with desire. Are you wet for me? I slide my hand down to her waistband. She's soaked, hot to the touch, soft and slick and ready. I grit my teeth, and I fight the urge to strip off the rest of her clothing and thrust into her. Claire. Neil. I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you just say full of spitfire and ass? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what a winning combination. Yeah, I, I wondered if it was like a misprint, like if they intended it to be sass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> but um, honestly, fine. Whatever. You know what? Okay. You know, we were last time we were talking about peanut butter cups with uh, peanut butter and jelly. No, 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 no. I want my... Reese's peanut butter cup, big cup full of spitfire and ass. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, but Claire. Yes. We have to do our podcast right now. <gasps> Is that why we read these books? That's why we read these books. <laughs> well, then let's do this podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We sure do. Also, so many spoilers. All the spoilers. All the spoilers. If you have come here for reviews, uh, but you don't want to know what happens at the end of these books, um, stop now. Go and order these books, read them, gulp them up, form your own opinions, and then come back and join us. But if you want us to spoil, then you've come to the right place. (laughs) (laughs) We listeners, we like to spoil you as much as we spoil these books. Oh, we're not going to (laughs) tease. We're not going to. We may leave you waiting a little bit, but oh, we're going to get you to the end. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get you there full of spitfire and ass. (laughs) I wonder how many times I'm going to reference that. It just, it boggles the mind. Anyway, Claire. Yeah. What did we read this time? Oh, this time? Well, Neil Higgins. We read Hardwood, a steamy romantic comedy by Tara Crescent. And One Brick at a Time by J.P. Bowie. Great. And what was the theme? Um, construction workers. Construction workers. Because I felt like... We had been pretty tame in our last couple mm-hmm, of picks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I thought we need to get back to our roots, <laughs> back to basics. We needed a good, strong foundation, which was to jump off for the rest of this year. <laughs> Boo. So let's lay some bricks. Let's get some hardwood. <laughs> Splendid. But Claire, before we get into it, 
What has got you hot and bothered? Neil Higgins. Yes. We did it. What did we do? We have been teasing. We've been saying we would. We've been we've been promising for years. 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 And what have we finally done? The Patreon. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> My friends, the Clitorati. You can now go to Patreon, search FMK Lit, and you, or go into the uh, description of this episode, and you will find a link to our Patreon that has uh, all kinds of wonderful, fun things. <laughs> if you give us just a little bit of money every month, you too can have extended episodes where we have Neil. What have we got in those? Okay listeners we have mentioned before that christine does not normally read these books and reacts in real time and she always has great notes so these extended episodes include our favorite new segment christine's notes which also includes a cat update about her cat ramiro yeah so and then we also have additional episodes with uh more with things that christine is reading mm -hmm. and our reactions to it mm -hmm. there's going to be a whole lot of fun things and i i can't even tell you all the wonderful fun things we've got going uh but just head on over to patreon mm -hmm. look mm -hmm. us up if you feel like you can spare a couple bucks for us we'd really appreciate it of course if you can't we're still here we're still here. Yeah, we're giving it away, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> We've we been sure giving are. it away. We will continue to give it away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are so many things going on in the world. Um, inflation, you know, wars, hunger, the, the, the oncoming, you know, apocalypse of environment, you know, those sorts of things. So if you feel like you can't, we totes get it. But also if you can... <gasps> <laughs> we will give you so many cool things yes yes and our plan is for those of you who donate at the level where you get bonus episodes the plan is to release those on off weeks so you will have our we'll have our regular episodes <clears throat> you'll have access to the extended episodes the first and third wednesday of the month and then the second and fourth wednesday of the month will be the uh, additional content so that's 100 percent more of us talking in your ear about silly things yeah it's great yeah so do it do it do it and yeah so that's what's got me hot and bothered i love it and it's kind of the best no um anyway neil what has got you hot and bothered mine is not nearly so fun no no um so you had mentioned i think it was the last episode about being in an emotion hole emotion. it's my turn i had a very long week with lots of ups and downs and lots of middles and just like it's the busiest i've been in a while and just sort of like dealing with that and then also like i started a temp gig that there's all kinds of like emotional baggage around and then like the job search still but then like my theater company did a reading it was our first performance back since the pandemic which is very exciting and it went well but blah blah, blah but then it was exhausting and <laughs> so it's just been a roller coaster of a week and it got to the point that last night my roommate and i ordered um food from a local eatery underdogs gray tacos and I always get, they call it Nick's Way Tacos. But when we went and picked up our order, they gave me street tacos. 
they had messed up the tacos and i just i was like at a point like normally i'm just like oh that's obnoxious and then i move on it was just i just was that for what for whatever reason that friday night i opened the thing looked at the tacos and i was just like i I was like having an emotional breakdown is a step too far but i was just like about to just be done like i should just go to bed and be done with this week because they messed up my tacos i know it's not a big deal in the light of day, I'm fine. But it's just like, it's been such a roller coaster of a week. It was just like, it was like one more thing that I was like, I, but the, but I wanted the tacos I wanted. They were still delicious. They were still great. They were not the tacos I wanted. And it's just like, how do I cope with life? And then I think about all the things that I used to do in a week, like in the before times where like I would go into an office and work for eight hours and then like, go straight to rehearsal and do that for a few hours and then maybe go to a bar after and just like i that used to be my whole week all the time and then it's part of me that's like neil like you used to handle things what is wrong with you but then i also know that's not fair because we haven't peopled in like almost three years yeah no there is um and i know you haven't really watched snl but there is an excellent snl sketch from a couple weeks ago or this last week where it's a game show mm-hmm. and it's like welcome back to being people does your brain work and that's the <laughs> whole game show and like <laughs> and she's like what is this and it's a picture of a wh- wheelbarrow <laughs> and like uh, and the, one of the contestants is like hmm a farm bike <laughs> <laughs> and just like and they're like no no your brain does not work thank you (laughs) and then like one guy wins and she's like okay so you can have a two whip a two week all expenses paid trip to hawaii or you can go back to your apartment (laughs) and he goes my apartment (laughs) great yes they always pick apartment they always pick apartment um i think oh there was another funny part of it that was just oh god it was I mean, it's Kate McKinnon who's doing the... Who's a national treasure. A national treasure, who's the, the game show host for this. It was just fantastic. But uh, so one of the guys is like, oh, so you used to be a CEO at a major tech firm. And he goes, yes. What do you do now? He goes, mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> God. It was, it was a, it's a perfect thing. I just like... So I hope this gives you a little bit of like, you know, the entirety of the world is with you, Neil. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's the warring halves of my brain that is constantly happening. That one half of me is always like, get it the fuck together, girl. And the other half that's like, girl, calm down. It's okay. Yeah. So alcohol helps with those voices. And Um, ice cream. Do you know what also helps? Hmm. Other podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. That is something that we did recently that is very fun. Um, so a friend of ours, she and a friend of hers, I'm going to say the word friends a lot. Uh, the, the, the word friends is going to come up all the time in this next quick segment. <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of ours, Heather, has a podcast with a friend of hers called Friends with Food, in which in each episode, they watch an episode of Friends and they make a recipe that's like sort of themed to the episode and then they talk about it and claire and i were guests on the episode that when this releases 
it should be coming out next Thursday. Um, the episode that we talked about in Friends was from season five, episode 20, the one with the ride along. And we made meatball sandwiches. Oh, they were so good. Oh, holy They were just like, fuck, girl. Holy crap. And uh, the, uh, the recipe is available for everybody to look at. This was mm-hmm. an excellent recipe. Um, but uh, we're going to link you to their podcast so that you can kind of listen in. It's very fun. It's... Um, it's super silly, but they've also got lots of look backs at what was happening in 1999 when these things were released. That was crazy. And I just tell you, like, it's like oh, the edge of one apocalypse to the edge of another. That's kind of its bookending here where <laughs> we've got it. But it's really fun. Um, the recipes are really delicious. I heard, uh, they've got one for brownies that just is, oh, mm-hmm. dumb good. Mm-hmm. Dumb good. Yeah. Their website is friendswithfoodpod.com. Um, and then also they're on the streaming, so you'll be able to find, uh, the episode that we were on. So if you like how much we talk about food and want us to talk more about food, go also, listen to that. Also, you'll find out what we know and don't know about friends. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't know if anybody's curious about. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? I will say I was surprised by the, uh, amount of friends knowledge just like banging around in my head also if there's anybody out there who doesn't know how old we are we date ourselves oh god very much <laughs> surely we've surely we've done so by now yes oh um, positive for sure but i mean i mean also i mean <laughs> we you you can tell to almost to the minute that we were born where we were born <laughs> <laughs> great so yes that is friendswithfoodpod.com and the podcast is called friends with food it's on the streamings Go check that out. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, and the only other thing I have to say is my allergies is still acting up listeners. So apologies in advance. If you hear me coughing, it's because my body thinks that nature is out to get me, which to be fair, it is just not to the extent that it thinks. So apologies in advance. Uh, but I think we should, Get into these books. Claire. Let's talk about these books. One Brick at a Time by J.P. Bowie. Tony Visconti is trying to put his life back together again after being dumped by his boyfriend several months earlier. There is demolition going on next door to Tony's apartment, and Tony feels the construction guys won't mind if he takes a couple of bricks from a pile on the site. He is apprehended by handsome Steve Taylor, who tells Tony he's a bricklayer, and the bricks are his. And what does Tony think he's doing stealing them? Despite the awkward meeting, the two part on a friendly basis, and when Tony helps Steve to roust out some would-be robbers of his bricks, the first stirrings of mutual attraction and lust lead to a night of hot sex. Tony begins to feel he might just have met the man who can turn his life around, but hatred and jealousy rearing their ugly heads from his past threaten his new relationship. Can Tony and Steve survive the malicious slander that is being spread about Tony's character? Or is the love they've built, one brick at a time, not strong enough to withstand the trouble that looms ahead? <laughs> that's, that's what that book says it's about. <laughs> um, I feel like that is at least a third of the length of the book itself. Uh, Claire. Yeah. What is this book actually about? Um, that is 
what that book is about. I will say that that was pretty accurate, but it makes it sound so serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this is a book that only takes itself slightly seriously. Yes. I will say, like... Um, <laughs> but so from the back, it does make it seem like this book is a romance novel. But if you looked at the cover, you know that this is mostly an erotica <laughs> mm-hmm. with some romance shoved in there. And when I say romance, I just mean two guys are hot for each other and compatible and just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this book is definitely like 25% plot, 75% them boning over and oh, over and over again. Oh my god, the boning. There's, the boning. Look, uh, if anybody has has been like upset that we haven't had enough boning on these this podcast welcome to today's episode good we got all the bones for you <laughs> so so many bones so <laughs> so our man tony um lives by himself and he's mm-hmm. a web designer mm-hmm web designer graphic designer and he recently went through a breakup he was with this guy for two years six months later he's still kind of putting himself back together after Mm -hmm. this breakup um he he was broken up with by this guy who is rich had a lot of money and liked to flaunt it and then cheated on him and moved on to another guy very very quickly to a twink to a twink yeah yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the twinkiest of the of, twinkiest of twinks. The twinkiest of twinks. Which I just have to point out that oh my god, Tony's just like, oh god, he's such a goddamn twink. Tony is twenty-four. <laughs> like, he's he's not even yet approaching twunk. So like get calm down, Tony. But it but it's very like it's very much he's very much using twink not as just like Oh, like a physical description of somebody's body type and age, but this sort of like mentality of like looking for a rich daddy, being way too extra, et cetera, et cetera. Those sorts of things. Yes. And that is very much. So our man uh, just is going about his day Mm -hmm. for the first two and a half chapters. It's just Mm -hmm. him. Just doing his daily activities. Mm-hmm. He goes to the coffee shop. He sees his ex there. And the t- Jeremy is the ex. Jeremy is the ex. Brad is the twink. Brad's the twink. And Brad is bitchy from a distance, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Jeremy's like, come sit with us. And Tony's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and he does bring up, he was like, how the, the sheer gall of Jeremy to be like, I fucking cheated on you and left you for this guy who's sitting right here. But like, come hang out with us. I miss you. It's like, bitch, no, you don't get to, you don't get to decide when that happens. And I appreciated Tony for yep. being like, absolutely fucking not. Yep. And knowing in his mind that he was not going to put up with this bullshit, mm-hmm. went to the gym to make himself feel better <laughs> and did feel better. Goes back home um, where he did leave earlier than normal because there's construction happening next mm-hmm. door. They're demo- demoing the the building next door to build a brand new condo building. All the noise is awful. He comes back home. And then a couple of days pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, we're not just going to get right to the bricklayer. We're not going to look outside. And there he is. No, 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 no. That's not real. That's not how real <laughs> things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Claire. <laughs> Claire, you dumb, dumb idiot. <laughs> so um, a couple of days pass and he has a client come over. Mm-hmm. 
And this client, like, like is kind of a handsome older gay man, but he's like not too handsome. He says he's a weak chin. He's like, but whatever. He's kind of a silver fox. <laughs> but he's thinking these thoughts in passing. They sit down and he's like, well, let's go over the design plan. And the guy's like, I mean, if that's what you want to call it. And he's like, yeah, that's what I call my work. Weird. <laughs> and then the guy like uh, puts his hand on his thigh and strokes his balls. And he's like, hold up. What is even happening? And the guy's like, no, no, no. I read your ad in the paper. And this is clearly what you want. In Gay Biz Magazine. Gay Biz Magazine. <laughs> Which, I don't know if that's a real thing, but I really hope it is. Oh, God, I loved it. <laughs> so, Gay Biz Magazine, he's like, no, 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 this is what you advertise for. He's like, I advertise as a graphic designer and web designer. And the guy's like, mm, but sexy times. And he's like, get the fuck out. And I was so proud mm -hmm. of our man. Mm -hmm. Like, Tony, good for you. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't sexy. This wasn't like... Like, it felt like, but it didn't feel cartoony either. It Correct. felt like a really real incident. Yeah, it also, like, how it was set up, I was like, oh, I bet he put out an ad in this magazine not knowing that all of the ads in this magazine are for sex workers who, like, say they do something else. Because obviously, I mean, like, depending on the situation, they can't just say escort or whatever. Um... So it's like, oh, he probably, like, picked the wrong magazine. And so there's just, like, this whole big misunderstanding. But, like, in a way that I was like, I'm on board. Like, this all makes sense to me. Like, I totally understand how this could happen. Great. Yeah. And so he's frustrated. So he goes out to, like, his balcony to just, like, huff and puff. And he sees his <laughs> he sees his plant out there, and it's like the water is like dripping onto the the concrete, and it's making a ring. And he doesn't like that. He thinks it looks bad. He's like, mm -hmm. I just have to lift it up. Bricks would do. Oh, there's some bricks out there. I'll just go grab them real quick. And this was my favorite part because he takes his little tote bag. <laughs> yeah, he's just come back from like shopping too. And so he has his little shopping bag. He's like, I'm just going to steal a couple bricks. So can I say, obviously I had not read the back of this where it says very specifically how they met. But in reading this, so the book starts with him like waking up in bed being horny and like, trying to go at it with himself but then he gets interrupted by the construction i was like oh like the setup obviously the construction the bricklayer is going to like see him naked in the window and that's how they're going to meet etc etc and then that didn't happen and then it's like he's going to get caught stealing bricks yeah and i don't know why i found that so charming <laughs> and like kind of dumb but i loved it well and that was it was actually and i feel like Weirdly enough, we haven't had a lot of good cute meats. Mm -mm. And this didn't feel bad or weird. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he tries to take some bricks, and then the bricklayer comes up and he's like, What the fuck are you doing? And he's like, Ah! <laughs> 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 and, like, he drops the bricks, falls backwards. He's like, Oh my God, I didn't think anybody was watching me or cared. I've been caught by a gorgeous man. <laughs> and. And they look and, and like he is like the bricklayer guy is a gorgeous dude. He's Thor. I mean, and like he is Thor. He is 100% Thor. And the guy's like, okay, look, you can absolutely take some bricks. I just need you to kind of, since you can see from there, could you just watch mm -hmm. over them? So that like, because this kind of stuff gets stolen all the time. 
could you just like keep an eye out? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then a couple of more days pass, which mm-hmm. I was like, for a book that's only 78 pages, I was like, this is shocking. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, it was at this point that out of curiosity, either at this point or just before I had read the author bio and our author uh, is originally from Aberdeen, Scotland. And then I was like, does he think they make buildings out of bricks in LA? Because that is not true. That is patently untrue. But then we do find out later in the book that he does sort of like decorative landscape brickwork. It's not the building. So this is part of the issue is that the like he didn't need those bricks to be there for quite a while, but they got delivered too early, which is why he's concerned about people stealing them. And I was like, oh, great. No, we did. Our author did do his research that like, oh, no, no, no. This is like a decorative element. We are not making a building out of bricks because that building would not last in L.A. Right. No, and it made total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of days later, it's late at night. He, our man hears a noise. He looks outside 100%. There's ruffians trying to steal some bricks. Ruffians. <laughs> and <laughs> he calls our, he calls our man. Um, sorry, I should give Steve, Steve. a name. <laughs> he calls Steve. Thor. <laughs> Thor the rest of the time. <laughs> he calls Thor. Um, tells him what's going on. Thor's like, I am on my way <laughs> and but like tony doesn't want to he's like what if they take them before steve gets back so tony and i am just now realizing that this is very actually marvel because it's tony Star- it feels like it's tony stark and steve now <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't think the author intended that at all it's just what's coming to my mind anyway so, <laughs> so he runs down and he's like hey stop you guys <laughs> So that we're we're sort of like I don't know like lisping Tony a bit, which is oh, not. And I do apologize. I shouldn't do. Oh that. No, 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 not. I just like he he wasn't especially camp, but it like goes out of its way. He's not a big guy. He's like five. He's like five eight and one sixty five. But or something. he is actually specifically Butch in the book. Yeah, like, like both of them are, and they yeah. talk about that and how important that is. But he also, um, like one of the interesting things to me is they're both realistically Butch in that they're not like absurdly well constructed mm-hmm. men. Like they aren't, you know, even Thor isn't mm-hmm. exactly Thor. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so and. And Tony, like, isn't our overly masculinized sort of mm-hmm. male gay character that I've that we've seen a lot in these books, where mm-hmm. he's just like, "I'm such a bro, dude. I don't know if I even like cock, except I love it." He's yeah. you know, like, which I feel like we've read a lot of that too. Yeah. No, he was a gay man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when we talked, when it was like when I talked about his little tote bag, it really did feel like he was being adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I brought this up just, like it's fun for the storytelling of like <laughs> but like to be fair to the author he it's like he's he's a smaller guy and it's like three hulking dudes trying to steal these bricks right so it was very courageous slash dumb of him to run out and be like I'm gonna do something about this right well and even in the moment like he's gonna do something about it these are three hulking guys that he didn't realize were as big as they were when he was like looking at them from above. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now that he's there and Tony's a well-built guy and he's fit and he's realizing how small he is comparatively mm-hmm. and what a, 
like who would attack th- who would d- try to defend people who are holding bricks <laughs> like what 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 is what exactly what and he and in the moment he realizes his plan was dumb um he kind of reminded me of the the dog from up where like the dog mm-hmm. that and that's kind of i think what i was going for like the dog is like i'll stop the dogs stop you dogs <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like this very ineffectual even though he's in you know he's doing a brave thing mm-hmm. steve comes and they do get in a fight like mm-hmm. um all of them but more or less they're able to kind of get the guys away because it's not yeah. worth the fight and tony's able to like he 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 lays some he lays uh he gets in some good punches yeah he um is really smart because he's because he's smaller he's able to sort of like dodge out of the way he kicks the guy's knee which is yeah do that um so he's able to hold his own and then of course steve is thor so he's just like whatever yeah and they work together on this um both of them are a little bit injured and uh they go back up to tony's apartment for our normal sort of cute like i'm going i'll take care of you moment slash let's get down to business mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i mean i guess i'll have you speak to the sex but honestly i thought it was great yeah it was great all the scenes, I mean, they were, they all suffer from the same thing that I think uh, any, like, book like this does, where it's like the sex is too perfect, yeah. it's, it's too good, but it was hot. It's mind-blowing, and they're able to go at it, like, 12 times in a day. <laughs> also, there's a scene later where they, like, they're eating, they pick up food together, and they're sitting there eating, and Tony, like gobbles down a hamburger and chugs beer and then gets fucked in the ass and everything's fine i'm like no that's not how that works but sure whatever no they were good they were fun um Um, i think tony also gives steve uh you know like is also the first person to venture up steve's (laughs) he's really pushy about that though he is he goes to tease at steve's ass and then steve's like oh no that's like not a thing i'm into and so then like tony just keeps pushing not but like throughout the book it's like every every so often there's a sex scene where tony's like well he said no but i'm just gonna i'm like no that's not how you do it like that that's the one thing that i didn't feel great about about the sex I would have appreciated more of a conversation. Like, I, I know you said you're not into it, but I am. Would you be willing to try? Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to try, maybe not. But like, maybe just kind of give it a little bit of a try, and mm-hmm. then, well, for you, sure. Let's just, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could understand that. Or even like I would have been fine with if, like Tony, sort of because they're like making out or something, and Tony sort of like slides his hand down. I think between. Um, Steve's cheeks and Steve's like no that's not my thing and then a little bit later he'd be like so I've been thinking about it. could you just like kind of like you know like rim me a little bit and then Tony would be like sure great and then for Steve he'd be like okay no like I'm starting to see what the what the appeal is so like it, it just like built to because then there's a scene where, where Tony tops Steve which sure um I just wish it had been more of like a gradual thing from Steve, not from Tony. Yeah. Uh, condom and lube. 
every single time. Yep. Which was great. The the secret theme of this of these books is oh, condoms are a thing. Yeah. Condoms, which was great. I loved it. Condoms are a thing in both. And I think uh and then like Steve and Tony just get on like gangbusters right away. Uh-huh. Like everything's fine. Um mm-hmm. and uh like their relationship moves fast. Too um, fast. It moves too fast. It that's uh, it's absurd in the book how fast it moves but like you know what fine yeah i mean that's a that's also something that happens in the like just jumping ahead that happens in the other book because both of these books are so short yeah it's just like you know like oh we're attracted to their now we're in love let's go yeah like, I mean, okay sure i guess and skipping ahead to the second book a little bit i believed it more in the second book than i did in this one we'll talk about it <laughs> but i did appreciate that like both of the Steve and Tony were both like, this is too fast, right? Like, this is weird. And the other one's like, I also thought that, but I also am in love with you right now. So like, we'll just try it. So yeah. I'm like, okay. At least it was acknowledged. Yeah. Adult moments that I really liked in this book was, um, a moment where, uh, so after they have sex for the first time, uh, Tony gets a call from Jeremy and mm-hmm. Jeremy's like, I'm feeling really awful. Like, you know, something's going on with Brad. I just need you to like, I, I just want to get together and talk. And Tony talks about it with Steve and Steve's like, great, cool. Well, call me when you're done with that. And he's like, oh yeah, later today. And Steve's like, no, I mean, when you have finished whatever's going on with your ex, because that sounds messy and I don't kind of want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, it's like real wise. And it also like, let's, lets the reader and tony know like i'm a one-man guy Mm -hmm. like i'm not like in it for like i I don't play around like that's Mm -hmm. not what i'm in for Mm -hmm. like i like you a lot and i would like to do more Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to go i'm not in for this back and forth right and then right away tony's like oh no, no 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 like it is done but like i'm like and it was like I also was like, you don't have to like be his emotional support, but Tony's like, I guess I do. I don't know. Um, so I appreciate that. I'd also love to read a passage. All right. This is uh, very soon into the book when um, Tony's reflecting on his uh, relationship with Jeremy and just like realizing now how bad they were for each other or like how much of a match they weren't. And, uh, Tony thinks to himself, in fact, sometimes he wondered if what he'd felt for Jeremy had really been love. Yes, it had been love, but not quite the falling in variety. And I really appreciated that nuance of just like, you can love someone, but it's just not like, it's not quite the love that you need for like a long lasting romantic relationship. So I really appreciated that. No, I did too. And, and the conversation that, he has with jeremy is also really an adult one like Mm -hmm. like whatever like they talk they get some closure on their relationship like you didn't you didn't actually understand what i liked Mm -hmm. and like i'm not after your money and i never was and like it was just it was nice also dump brad he is garbage also dump brad he's garbage um Uh, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about <laughs> because we haven't had any conflict in this book so far. None. Note. <laughs> and now 
uh, chickens have come home to roost, so to say. Um, so our man, Tony, continues to get these weird hookup calls for his, you know, that he that are supposed to be for his business. And then it's all just men wanting sex. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand what's happening. As an escort. As an escort. Not even just like, oh, let's hook up, but like, I will pay you. Yeah. And he doesn't understand what's going on. He's trying to find his his copy of gay biz but like he can't find it anywhere so Mm -hmm. he doesn't know what's going on with his ad like so it's just it's been like really annoying appreciate that after all this is happening it's like i need to just the next time he goes to the gym he asks the guy at the front desk for his copy like oh do you still have and the guy at the front desk is like oh of course i do here and then he like looks he's like yeah see web design that's my ad I don't know what's going on. So one, he like checked. I appreciated that. And then two, where are you going to find a copy of a gay magazine? At the gay gym in West Hollywood. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) That makes, I mean, honestly, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So he looks for his ad, finds it. It is his correct ad. He doesn't know what's going on. But then the gym owner is like, I know you've been busy. Wink, wink. (laughs) And he's like, yeah with my web design yeah, I have business. a lot of clients right and now. And they're like, web design, wink, wink. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, so he calls the, he calls Gabez. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I've been getting these weird calls for, you know, my ad. And they're like, huh, that's weird. You shouldn't have been getting any strange calls. And he's like, yeah. No, yeah, we posted your ad in the escort section just like you asked. And he's like, what, 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 what? Turns out mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a... So his ad for his web design business was placed in the correct part. Mm-hmm. And a second ad and a different ad with different language and his picture and his phone number and contact information was placed in the escort section mm-hmm. that he didn't place, but it was prepaid for three months. Mm-hmm. So, and not only that, but now that the ad company knows that he didn't place it, they're also like not going to deal with him anymore. They're not mm-hmm. going to tell him what happened or who placed the ad. And so they're just like, and they even hang up in the middle of the phone conversation. And he's like, what the fuck? At which point Steve calls because mm-hmm. Steve has seen the ad. And Steve's already mentioned he's a one-man guy. Mm-hmm. He also mentions early in the, like, the first time they meet, he's like, you look familiar. Yeah. Have we met? And I'm like, oh, he's going to have seen the ad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he's unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. Less because he thinks Tony is a sex worker, and more because Tony didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Like, it was a little wonky, but mm-hmm. uh, I so I mean spoiler spoiler it's what we do Brad Jeremy's new boyfriend is the one who placed the escort ad and he had threatened uh, Tony earlier be like I'm gonna run you out of town blah 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 so there was this whole sense of like oh if you do sex work you are a bad person and like that'll ruin your life kind of thing which I did not appreciate um, and like in the conversation between Steve and Tony, like Tony felt like he had to be like, no, no, I'm not like that. I'm not like that at all. Like having to be like, no, how could you, like, I couldn't possibly be that kind of person. I'm not a sex worker. So part of it did feel kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when uh, Steve came back, which was way too soon. Um, it was Steve, right away. <laughs> it was immediately. Steve came back and was like, okay, I've thought about it. And like, 
listen, I do love you. So this is something that we can talk about kind of thing. And, and so like from him, it did feel like it was like, I'm not mad that you're a sex worker. I'm mad that you didn't tell me that this didn't come up, but the rest of the book felt like, like, ew, dude, dirty, dirty sex worker, which I did not appreciate. No, I didn't appreciate that either. Um, and it, but I did, I will say I appreciated how well plotted it was. Like that it happened before it's like that plot has started right away mm-hmm. before like we even really met Steve. Mm-hmm. So like that was an ongoing thing. But it also happened before Tony told Jeremy to kick out Brad. Yeah. And there was, I mean like there was some groundwork that we felt that there already was friction because Brad was upset that Jeremy was like wanting to hang out with, uh, Tony again so there was already some jealousy but like in my mind I was like oh him telling Brad to or him telling Jeremy to kick Brad out it would be the impetus for all this but the first time we see the mistaken um, sex work situation is before that happened yeah <laughs> yeah so I think not perfect but pretty well plotted yeah 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 and what I also appreciate about this book is like they did have moments where they talked about their personal lives mm-hmm. and just themselves in like very calm and adult ways. And, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like, Oh, my trauma. I'm a broken person. It's just like, Oh yeah, I've had these bad things and this is kind of how I approach life. And mm-hmm. just like the way we do with everybody, mm-hmm. like, you know, we go, Oh, my parents divorced and it kind of fucked me up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I get that. Like, it was great. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, this felt like a real date. Like, people really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Again, it happened too fast because it's yeah. only 78 pages. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they, you know, like when Steve comes back, he's like, okay, so after I hung up the phone with you, I realized I'm in love with you <laughs> and I don't want to be without you. I love you too. And I was like, ah, that's so quick. <laughs> And then also how they resolved the situation with Brad was very, very quick also. It was also very quick, but I thought very smart. It was fun. And then I liked that uh, Steve has uh, Steve has Tony call the magazine, uh, the magazine back. And then, oh no, Brad calls Brad directly. Brad, yeah. Well, so uh, <sighs> Tony calls Brad directly. They have it out a little bit. And then... Um, Steve gets on the phone and pretends to be a lawyer <laughs> and it's like, Oh no, we're going to sue you for libel and all of these things. And you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Brad's like, ah, and he- <laughs> like, like how? Ah! <laughs> and he hangs up the phone and that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the end of that. And like, I mean, he's still going to be getting these calls for a while. He is. Well, no, because, um, I mean, if anybody picks up a back issue, a back issue, which they, they won't, these things don't like hang around, you know, like these, these are like, I mean, they're like the SF weekly. Like if you don't grab it when you can grab it, it, like it's gone. So, um, because also then part of the stipulation was Brad would called the editor of Gabe is to like get, yeah. And pull it and cancel it. Um, so yeah. And like, so reading this book, I was like, I, I, like, I wanted more plot. Or I wanted the plot to be sort of, like, given the space to really, like, do what it needed to do. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I would so say like I've... some of the sex got in the way, and the sex was fun. Like I enjoyed reading those scenes, but it's like, okay, another sex scene. But really, I want to know what's going on with this ad business. And so it was sort of like the plot bookended all the sex. Yeah. So I just wish I had been like. Yeah, I could have know. used thirty more pages and yeah, given yeah, yeah, like yeah. a little bit more time for um steve and brad to, uh not brad steve and tony to be apart from each other mm-hmm. and um tony to have to really put in some effort to mm-hmm. fix his situation or to change something or to have a little bit of an argument with steve mm-hmm. and being like you know what's weird yeah yeah so like i really liked you and i feel like you know you let this one thing like kind of get in the way mm-hmm. we just we just met each other and this bothered you so much you never want to talk to me again mm-hmm. and like i think that's that's a worthy romantic plot mm-hmm. and how to get over that or i wish too that that there had been moments where steve was like oh i have just barely met you i i after having read the or seen that the escort ad being like oh there are things i don't know about you and like we have dove in too quickly and like we gotta like take a step back and really think about this kind of thing because i'm fine like because i you know like don't want to be with an escort kind of thing right um, and give room like for someone to do the big romantic gesture mm-hmm. which is always something i love in these books like i love the big romantic gesture even when i hate it mm-hmm. even when i don't like the lovers even even those things like there's always a part where it's like what's the big romantic gesture gonna be mm-hmm. and that's always fun and again i think like 30 more pages we could have gotten that mm-hmm. and um, I also think in 30 more pages, we probably could have seen um, seen a little bit more of like Brad doing something else dastardly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what I thought was like his dastardly thing that he did was, uh, like you said, like it's predicated on the fact that society has to hate sex workers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but... When I would... I. I bet you Brad has himself or knows someone who has done sex work. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I think like it would have been interesting if we'd gotten a little bit, like if there was something in Tony's backstory about his own feelings about sex work. Mm. And that's why this was a particularly difficult blow. Mm -hmm. Like that it wasn't just that it was like, this would have hurt anybody's reputation, Mm -hmm. but that for some reason it was specific for tony Mm -hmm. and his feelings about that and so like that i think would have been nice and again i think even just 30 more pages would have covered that Mm -hmm. um and the relationship between tony and steve still would have moved too fast but at least we would have gotten a little bit more like Mm -hmm. and because considering all the time that this author was able to cover in a short time pretty economically Mm -hmm. i think easily we could have had like three months jump <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they'd gotten to know each other and we wouldn't we wouldn't have felt like it was fast but it wasn't lightning speed there's a part two where tony's like his feelings really get solidified when they when they are uh taking the drive to alhambra uh-huh and the narration is like oh the conversation that they had in the truck really let him understand that this was the kind of guy he wanted to be with etc cetera, etc cetera. Moving on. I'm like, at least give me like 
three or four pages of that conversation yeah. just to like even even if you need to like skip over stuff to be like and then they were in love just like show me the the start of that or like what that looks like so that i know that it's like special for them yeah so but yeah and then uh then they take care of brad and and then they fuck some more then they fuck some more and they fuck off into the sunset <laughs> <laughs> they ride each other off into the sunset <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's and that it. is literally that book. <laughs> oh, uh, so, again, that's one brick at a time. And that's that book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hardwood, a steamy romantic comedy by Tara Crescent. Kat Milnick's summer to-do list. One, get a new brew pub up and running. Two, ignore the wickedly handsome Dom Wilde and his kinky furniture. Three, no more carpenter puns. Screw and hammer, tongue and groove, nail gun. Four, focus on the beer. Five, remember, if I fail, I'll have to go back working for my evil ex-boyfriend. Six, don't get turned on when Dom calls me his little spitfire in his sexy, smoky growl. And above all, don't get too attached to his ahem hard wood. Ah! <laughs> I mean, that is like the description for oh my this God. book. I love it. The one about the, the carpentry puns does not ring true. There are not a lot of carpentry puns in this. No, the, they're like no, there there's really none. Isn't. There are no carpentry buns. But the rest of the rest of that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I like if I had read that, I'd be like, we're reading this book well, right now. That is one hundred percent. Like, and I usually am I'm not a big description reader when I pick these. Mm -hmm. In part because like, you know, we're judging books by the cover and diving the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, this one I couldn't help because it's a numbered list and you rarely see that. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And, and they were constructed in, in like, you know, like Dom's kinky furniture or whatever. It's like, like that's intriguing, but then also part of the story. Like yes. that is a well-constructed back of a book. I thought so too. Okay. I thought so too. So open on a little town in Canada. Neil is so excited. I am. I'm so excited because one, it's it's always a fun surprise when we assume that things are in America and they turn out to be somewhere else. Because I think with British English, it's really easy to to spot that. But like so far, we've had this with Canadian and Australian that it's like you don't quite know until you're like that's that's a weird way to say oh. So then you rethink of everything with accents. It's great. Okay. So up out in this little town in Canada where um, Dom Wilde is, he's a woodworker. Like he does bespoke furniture, custom furniture. Um, and from what I can tell is very good at his job. Very good. He's very good at his job. Um, and then, okay. Okay. I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk about the lady and then we're going to talk about Dom a bit because... Goodness me. Okay. So, and then we have Kat, who's a lady brewer, who, so she worked for a brewery in uh, Toronto, and her boyfriend at the time 
basically stole her recipe and took credit for it and he was made head brewer and she's like fuck that shit so she left and she and her friend vicky have decided to open up a brew pub in this little town whose name i have forgotten madison because i thought it was madison wisconsin for the longest time right but it's a made-up town in canada so they're trying to open up this brew pub and like i i appreciate that cat's like okay so all the things that i love about vicky as a person make her a fucking terrible business partner (laughs) like cat is there she has sunk all of her money she has like 120 dollars to her name maxed out her credit cards on equipment fees supplies all that stuff and vicky's like oh my god i've started seeing this guy we're gonna go to his cabin i'll be there a week late bye and cat's like i don't know how to stand up to people and that's really no, frustrating and Vicky even like was supposed to secure their housing mm. And she fucked up. And she fucked up because she didn't get the email confirmation. And so Kat has to stay in a shack. In an unfinished shack. (laughs) In springtime in Canada, which is basically still winter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I really enjoyed her as a person um, when it was like, I'm bad at at confrontation. I was like, of course you are. But then that goes somewhere and we'll talk about it a little bit later but i was like and you know when she's like it sucks being a woman in a male-dominated field and like yes that that is always true but sometimes in these books it doesn't feel true but this one it definitely did no it gave specific examples that were grounded in reality yes that like it was like societal expectations for what women like Mm-hmm. and what they're good at. I think one of the really good examples was somebody found out there was a, a female brewer coming in and he was like, it's just going to be fucking fruity, like fruity, sparkly beers. And and I, I appreciated that there was somebody who was saying that, like, mm-hmm. and that that's what, so like to stand in as a representation for what a lot of people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was Luke. Put a pin in that. Luke. We're going to talk about Luke Put later. a pin in Luke. Also. And maybe a sword. <laughs> also, as somebody who likes fruity beers. Shut the fuck up, Luke. Um, <laughs> so that's Kat. So she is. She, and like this, the stakes felt real because if this didn't work out, she had no money and she'd have to go back and like go back to Toronto and like beg for a job. Also, she. um doesn't really talk to her parents anymore, right? Yeah, no, she's not. Yeah, so she doesn't, she has no safety net. So the stakes felt real, and she was, like, fucking stressed out about it. And I'm like, I see you, girl. I, I get it. Um. Okay, so then we need to go back to Dom. So Dom is the, like, I don't date women. I don't pursue women. They come to me. I'm just into fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, garbage. Fucking garbage. Garbage, man. But uh-huh. over the course of this book, uh-huh. he's like, and there's a point too where Kat's like, oh, I'm definitely not into alpha holes. So like assholes who are alpha men. And I made it, this was early enough. I'm like, sorry to say, girl, guess what you're going to end up with. So over the course of the book, Dom does the following things. One, calls his friend Luke out for being a bad husband. Also for being sexist about lady brewers. Uh-huh. Um, he... Uh, when 
<laughs> when Kat's like, I'm stressed out. He's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Starting a business is hard. Of course you're stressed out. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing too much work. And, like, acknowledges that. And then, like, is like, you need to stand up to Vicky, but not in a pushy way like what's-his-face did in The Hating Game. And also was like, you need to stand up to her and didn't make that happen. Mm-hmm. At no point mm-hmm. did he, mm-hmm. like, force them into a room together or did he stand up to Vicky for her? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, he just gently and in a very nice way said, you need to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. and not because like you need to be stronger as a person or, you know, whatever you're doing is dumb, but because your livelihood is on the line Mm -hmm. and that he's like reminding her the stakes are too Mm -hmm. high for you to not say Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And also he interest, he introduces cat to kink specifically BDSM in an exceedingly responsible way. And then Whenever she sets boundaries, he respects them. Even there are times that he's like, oh, I wish I could do blank, but she said X, so I'm not going to do it. So uh, there there are still things about him that are terrible. Like every time he talks to his friend Luke and Luke's like, I'm having problems in my marriage. <laughs> and Tom's like, if I wanted to hear about marriage problems, I get married. Fucking, I don't want to talk to him about his feelings. I'm like, get over that. But, but I actually think he does. <clears throat> he does. And, a, and he, think, does he does. He does begrudgingly get involved. Kind yeah. of what's like the best part about because so many of our male characters who are alpha assholes, alpha holes, don't, don't change over the book. Mm-mm. Like they remain that alpha asshole mm-hmm. at the end. The only thing is this woman is different for some reason. Yeah. Um, but what's great about this, so at the very top of the book, he states out loud to her, <laughs> he's like, FYI, this is just going to be sex. I don't, I don't do relationships. And in her mind, she's like, oh, thank God. Cause I do not have time for a relationship. <laughs> I just want to fuck. And then I need to get back to my brewery. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is hot. I'm going to climb him like a, climb him like a tree and then go make beer. Yeah. And that's, and he's like great (laughs) yeah so over the course of this book i was like oh no i'm on board there are still things about him that i don't like but i'm like you know what get it get it girl well and they also like they don't have sex right away Mm -hmm. okay so one of the things that always pisses me off and every single time we get to it i mention it but it was different this time Mm -hmm. so she walks in to tell him off and this is their meeting this is when they're meeting Mm -hmm. so there's been um (sighs) Uh, he had hired on a young man as a favor uh, to do deliveries for him. Mm-hmm. And this man had screwed up. So he had taken he had two deliveries, <laughs> two deliveries. He sent a custom made bar to a sex dungeon and, and a custom made chair sex chair to the to bar. A brew pub. <laughs> How do you get those two mixed up guy? And cat <clears throat> was fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And I think cause she th- I think they, this wasn't explicit, and I think this is one place where it really could have underlined it a little bit more, because, she, like, she felt like, as a woman, brew pub, she's setting it up, and her welcome into this fucking community is someone p- puts a sex chair in her in her brew pub. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, just, like, it's immediately saying, like, the only thing you're good for is being bent over a chair. And, like, mm-hmm. she was just, like, fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And so... 
she goes to the woodworker who's a little, little while away and she's just fucking letting him have it and he's just staring at her like holy shit this woman is really fucking sexy <laughs> and i genuinely normally hate that but except yeah. when we got to her side of this because we see his first mm -hmm. and he's just like eyeing her up and down yeah especially because she had like gotten some of her shirt wet while she was like cleaning something so she's walking around with her headlights on right and she doesn't even realize that and he's just like those fucking glorious tits right and this is before i liked them so fuck i'm like fuck y'all right so but then we switch over to to hers and she's like like we get back to the brew pub where he's getting the chair and like they're just talking to each other and and she's like oh oh uh, i've been in like a wet t-shirt contest this whole time i've been talking to him that's embarrassing. <laughs> and then she's also like the moment she had walked in, like she thought he was fucking hot too. Mm -hmm. And she totally did an up and down with him. Mm -hmm. And then something we didn't see from Dom's perspective is that he is actually wearing no shirt. <laughs> yeah. And so he was woodworking without a shirt. She walks in and is just like humana 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 humana. <laughs> Oh, it's mutual in like this really mm -hmm. good way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't just that this is a good looking woman who's walked in and is, you know, being authoritative and all he's doing is minimizing that by turning her into a sex object because mm -hmm. he was in fact listening to her. It's that both of them in that moment were really sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like... It, it it's like and it felt more it felt more like actual human nature mm -hmm. rather than i'm a sex horn dog and i really appreciated that mm -hmm. and that if we were doing this cinematically this would be a sexy moment mm -hmm. and it, they both mentioned like there's a point where she's finished yelling at him because she realizes what happened he's like fixing the problem and they're both like just like Okay, well, obviously we're hot for each other. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, do you want me to show you how the chair works? And she's like, yes, I do. Yes. She's, like, <laughs> she's like, that is not an appropriate question, but yes, yes, I do. Yes, and like, and and they're just like honest with each other mm -hmm. about their sex feelings right away. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's when he does my very favorite thing, which is a slow roll it. So mm -hmm. she's like look i do obviously want to fuck you like obviously we're going to fuck but i don't do any of that until after a first date like and he's like fair why don't we drive up to the place to get the bar mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we can talk and she's and that's like a three hour drive it's like a few hours yeah it's a three hour drive and so i really liked that yeah and i just and then their drive up like they did what you wanted mm -hmm. in the other mm -hmm. book where they have a conversation but it's also like you miss a bunch of it like if it's not plot important yeah, not getting yeah, yeah. It. but we get a sense of their rhythm mm -hmm. and we get a sense that they're both really just enjoying talking to each other mm -hmm. it was I, it was really great <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then we get to the sex dungeon and then we get to the sex dungeon so I'm going to put the plot on hold to talk about kink because that's obviously so much more important. So, um, Dom has a friend, Zach, who has a wife, Penny. Zach and Penny are fabulously wealthy. 
Just insane wealthy. Throw up wealthy. And like real into pretty much everything. Um, So they have this vacation home outside of Madison where a barn has been converted into a play space where Zach and Penny host parties regularly. And, um, and we see like Zach is always like, Oh Dom, you're always welcome to come and blah, blah, blah. And there's a moment where Dom like to, I think he said, I can't remember if he says it or if it's like narration that it's like, I have to be in a very specific mood to want to go do that. And like, I'm just not feeling it right now. And I'm like, great. And he's very like, Sex or uh, kink positive, and like sometimes he does in like indulge, and just not always. Um, so we get to the to the the play space, and he's sort of showing Cat around. And what he does, there are these um rings that come down. They make me think of like what are they called in um gymnastics? I I don't know. I yeah, the like, rings that the hang rings. down. Yeah, G- gymnastic rings. Gymnastics rings. Um, because I sports so good. Um, and they he does some like teasy stuff that involves basically her standing with her legs spread and then holding onto the rings, and and fully bas- clothed. Fully clothed, but there's like some stuff going on, and like it's a really good way to introduce her to kink. Because at any moment, she could just let go and be like, I'm done and walk away. And it's very much like, do you, cat, who's in the sub position, want to keep doing this? Is this something you're interested in? And she's like, continually, constantly choosing yes to it. So that later, when they like dabble a little more, um, and he like ties her up, that she's still able to move. Again, it's like, you're not you're you know like she can move but he's like you're not allowed to move and so it's her choosing to participate in the kink and it was great it was great to see it felt very healthy it was constantly consensual it constantly felt like a very safe uh environment for cat to be in especially because she's new to it and then when we see her like initiate things or be like oh yeah do you want to tie me up and fuck my throat or whatever that it's like we've already seen her make choices and sort of like not struggle, but like, oh, this is new. And so I have to sort of like navigate this within myself kind of thing. Whereas in a lot of these books, it's like, I've never even looked at a penis before, but now I want to get fucked by six guys at once while I'm tied up and like being whipped. And like, if that's what you want to do, sure. But that's not what you're going to do on your second date. Like, yeah, no. or your second time out kind of thing. So it was very um, gradual in that, like, how Dom introduced her to it was very gradual and in a way that, like, again, was always very safe and consensual. And then her sort of warming up to it and becoming intru- or interested in it, that was also gradual in a way that felt very genuine. And, like, yeah, she was definitely into it, but it wasn't, like, a magical switch that had been flipped. Yeah. Also, that first time, because as he's talking about kink stuff, so one of the things he's using to tease her with is he's got a bottle of Pliny the Younger, which Mm -hmm. is a IPA that is very difficult to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can all buy Pliny the Elder in in a lot of places. It's Mm -hmm. still like a hard-to-find specialty kind of beer, but Pliny the Elder is in a lot of places. Pliny the Younger is hard to find Mm -hmm. and he's got a bottle of it and Mm -hmm. she's just like holy shit i want that so bad Mm -hmm. and he's like 
well, you got to do what I say. And that's, so instead of it being about sex, like I'm going to give you sexual pleasure, mm-hmm. like the pleasure is this other thing that you treasure and really like. Mm-hmm. And she's still saying like, um, she's still being really sarcastic and really like mm-hmm. playing the game, but he's also helping her to understand the difference between like playing around with saying, no in a sarcastic fun way mm-hmm. and really putting your foot down and saying no i'm done and mm-hmm. like that was also i thought a really good intro for the reader mm-hmm. to understand the difference and to, to know what it felt like to play mm-hmm. in in like the sex area where i think a lot of the other books that we read and this book pointed it out too it was all the time about dominance and it is it was all the time about like an alpha and like punishment like honest Mm -hmm. to god real punishment Mm -hmm. instead of play acting and enjoyment in each other and laughing Mm -hmm. both of these people like were taking like the subdom stuff very seriously at times but Mm -hmm. also laughing the whole time Mm -hmm. and i was like i've never like i've never been interested in that particular part of kink life for myself like Mm -hmm. it's it's always felt like a bridge too far but this actually felt like an introduction I could get on board with. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I think this is how I could kind of get into this. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and it was really sexy. Mm-hmm. Even that first scene was really sexy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate too, skipping ahead a little bit. There's a time where they have sex and it's very emotionally charged because it might be the last time they ever see each other. And Kat is very much like, not wanting to acknowledge that this could be the last time they ever see each other. So when Dar- Dom starts talking, she's like, I can't like no talking, like don't say anything in a way. And like, he picks up on it. It's like he, because that would lead to a conversation would lead to emotions would lead to like making this moment about like how sad we all are instead of like enjoying this moment that we have together kind of thing. And then he, he, broke the rule a couple times and then she kept saying like no no talking and he listened and it it was a really fun switch of when he did tie her up and he was like you can't move and there were a couple times that she did and he'd have to remind her like don't move and then in this time when she was in control of the situation he was totally on board and like totally went with it and it, it, it felt like a really nice even though like you know he's you know a dude and big and burly and more the type of person that would be like dominant in this kind of situation traditionally or how like most media wants us to believe um, that in that situation, he's like, I know this is important to her. So I'm just gonna, I want to do what she says. And she was on top too. And he's like, I'm just gonna, she needs this. It's her turn to be in charge. And I'm just gonna let that happen. And it was, it was really nice to see. It really was. And I think going back to his character arc. So at the top, he is that alpha hole that, Mm -hmm. you know, but not entirely. No, not entirely. Not at all. Yeah. But like in just the way, like he's talking about, like, I never got to want to get married when he's talking about Luke and Ruby's relationship. Mm -hmm. um, He's like, like he literally says like Ruby's really cut off his balls. 
mm-hmm. in, in a way that was really gross mm-hmm. and uh and in a way that really did underline like marriage is dumb everything about marriage is dumb and i'm angsty about it but then when luke starts talking like <laughs> it is obvious like what like and this is the first conversation we have with luke and mm-hmm. um with luke and dom like before he's just talking in his head about Luke and Ruby's relationship. Like mm-hmm. it's just in his head. So then we see them together and uh, Luke is like, I want to go away for the, for the, for a week to party with my bro. And Ruby doesn't want me to. <laughs> and Dom is like, I mean, normally I would say that sucks, but she is 100% right. You guys <laughs> run a summer business together. <laughs> and you want to go at the height of summer like uh for a week what are you an idiot yeah and luke was even like oh yeah like i didn't say anything when she took time off last summer he's like yeah she was gone for a weekend to go to her aunt's wedding like a weekend you want to take off a week to go to vegas just because with your homeboy wexler i say that because he comes up later yeah he's because he's our <laughs> real villain mm-hmm. um and 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 so like even so then we start to get a hint that actually Dom's feelings about marriage are not all encompassing. Mm-hmm. And then as his like relationship with Kat grows mm-hmm. and he starts to let her in, but he's also letting in other people. Mm-hmm. So this kid who's come around that he really didn't want to be, and he was angsty about that too. So we start to realize it's all relationships. Like he's separated himself from mm-hmm. a lot of people. And so he starts to let this kid in and the kid starts to learn woodworking and Dom starts to want to have this kid Mm -hmm, around. mm -hmm. That was really sweet too because he's like uh, the the good the kid turns out to be really good at like inlay work and Dom's like that's not my favorite thing to do people really like it blah blah blah. It's like oh he's good at it and he seems to really like it so like yeah I don't have to do it and I can show him the ropes and shit and it was it was really sweet because also like because then this this kid and we say kid he was probably like 19 or something he was he was he was literally 19 he, yeah he turned 19 i think over the course of the book um just before victoria day. <clears throat> just before victoria day which is i don't know what that holiday is but i'm su- i assume it has something to do with england and queens but anyway yeah um and then also it's important that he's 19 cuz that's the drinking age in most of canada um so we also see this kid i forget his name i do too he was fine he was fine um but that he was not engaged and it it seemed like nobody really knew what to do with him because he hadn't found his thing to connect to yet but then he finds woodworking and then like he changes as a person also like all of a sudden he's motivated he's like showing up to work on time and like all that stuff. So it was just really, it was like really good growth. Right. Well, and from then also like cat learning how to say what she wants in bed and like allowing, mm-hmm. allowing someone else to take control for a little mm-hmm. bit and having Dom give her very good advice. Mm-hmm. Like when Vicky does come back and is apologetic, mm-hmm. like allows cat to be honest with her mm-hmm. and say, you did really let me down. Like this did really suck. And I, you know, like, I'm happy to let you have and live your life. Like, I want that. But I also really need you here. Mm-hmm. Two things I didn't like about when she finally got to talk to Vicky 
or confronted Vicky. One, I wish there had been a little bit more of a through line between Vicky, like, learning to ask for what she wanted in bed and with Dom to her being able to stand up for herself. I thought that was, like, the lesson we were going to learn and she got there. I wish it had been a little more explicit. And then two, when she confronts Vicky, Vicky's already contrite because her dad had already yelled at her. Yeah. So again, uh, that, was, she that finally, was a big thing for me. I was yeah, also she like, finally oh. learned to stand up for herself and a man had already done it for her. So I was like, meh. Yeah, I, I was disappointed in that because I really wanted her to call Vicky and have mm-hmm. Vicky come back. But I'm also like, not like super upset about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was just like a kind of a weird choice. Anyway, so, um, Kat is trying to get her shit together and Vicky's shit together. Um, and then of course there's a freak snowstorm and, uh, Cat almost dies because that little shack she lives in is not equipped. And then her landlady was like, I would normally let you stay here, but my house is full up right now because friends are coming for this artist retreat weekend that I was hosting. So, like, I don't even have space for you. So she ends up staying with Dom for a few days. Mm-hmm. And this is when they fall in love. And, like, I kind of get it. I wish... This was a magic switch that Dom was like, I don't, I don't like sharing my space, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, well now I don't want Kat to leave. I wish that this section had been longer and that it had been something that he had to navigate more. That we saw him like, oh, it's really frustrating that this, but also I really like this. Yeah. And realizing I like this more than I'm frustrated by that kind of yeah. thing. I'd wish there was just a little <coughs> bit of conflict, but also I think this goes to, I th- I do think this book was the perfect length for this book. Mm-hmm, like, I, mm-hmm, I don't think we need, didn't need any more time. I, I don't think it would not have benefited from being shorter. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to skip the epilogues, you could. You miss out on stuff. But There were two. I know. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I wish, and I don't know where, but I wish some time had been taken from another section and added to them in, in that four days in the apartment together. Just to like, because again, it felt like all of a sudden they were just like in love and everything was fine. And I just would have loved it to be more of a discovery thing yeah no i agree it just it was just so easy yeah and uh i moved in with somebody i was already in love with and wanted to live the rest of my life with and it was hard (laughs) (laughs) it was not an easy transition and i do think some time spent towards that should would have been good that brings me to one of the things that i really loved about this book Mm mm-hmm uh, because you said like you kind of wish that we could take from somewhere else. What we can't take from is any bathtubbing. There's none of it. There's none of it. <laughs> and yet, I really got the feeling that this author had a really good grasp on both woodworking and brewing. <laughs> like I don't like I like there wasn't any part of me that was like I'm gonna have to look this up because mm-hmm. I don't think that's how brewing works. Mm-hmm. I was like. No, I, you know, I have a good sense of, it, like, that might be There wasn't it. any, like, oh, my God, I, I wanted some information. This is too much information about brewing. Yeah, no. Like, Oof. I just, I felt like I got enough to really believe that that's what was going yeah. on. 
and more so one of the things i appreciate because we uh, so many lady jobs like working in a magazine Mm -hmm. unknown and unimportant or setting up my little tea shop Mm -hmm. or bakery you know and it's just like that's the normal sort of feminine choice Mm -hmm. for for working and you don't get a lot into it because they're they're quote-unquote feminine homemakery type Mm -hmm. jobs so like if somebody's like you know i'm waiting for my flower order uh, fine (laughs) we all know what flower (laughs) looks like and how much of it you need Mm -hmm. (laughs) like whatever so in this one though i didn't feel like i was a stranger to it Mm -hmm. i didn't feel like i was outside of the process i also felt like it really felt like her character and i felt like i got to know her more by the job she'd chosen in her Mm -hmm. life like how it defined her Mm -hmm. there was this one interesting moment where she's taking off her clothes in the the brewery because they're going to have sex on the bar and i'm sorry that was an amazing scene that was very hot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um and he's like get on the bar spread your legs and i was like i have to stop reading for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i need to go take a cold shower there's some things i need to do (laughs) (laughs) um but so she's getting undressed and he looks at her and he says you are so beautiful and she and in her mind she goes i'm but i'm not though and i had to read this over a couple times because it was just so strange the way it hit but it it, we read correctly and it was it was good Mm -hmm. she says i'm not though like i have this belly that no matter how much i work and i work so hard and we had just seen her lifting like 20 pound bags of barley Mm -hmm. into like into like the thing to brew the beer and she's like no matter how hard i work so we know she does extensive labor Mm -hmm. and she does work really hard and that she's she's and we know from his description of her that she's not she's not only she's not five feet and on the shorty teeny side (laughs) but she's a curvy lady Mm -hmm. um and she thinks that and like she has a moment where she sort of like is trying to like rub her hands over her middle section the way we do and we kind of want to hide it but we don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and he's like no i love every part of your body Mm -hmm. but in a way that wasn't gross Mm -hmm. that felt really genuine and honest and so then it it just felt real these people felt in that moment especially like fully grown real people Mm -hmm. and like we did not get into every fucking aspect of his woodworking and i was so glad but i Mm -hmm. I also felt like he really did that job yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um and like that there was parts of it that I didn't understand, but I didn't need to understand more that he had mm-hmm. chosen something that he could work alone at, mm-hmm. but that he could also, and be a master at, but also something where he could keep growing. Mm-hmm. Like there's this great part where he's like, ah, I can't do the inlay stuff. It's just too fiddly for me. And so when his new apprentice comes in and he starts doing it, he's like, Oh great. Now I can design those things into my designs, mm-hmm. but I don't have to do mm-hmm. them. And I was like, because in so many of our books, our alpha guy is good at every fucking yeah. thing. There, um, I have heard this. I have not verified this, but I heard it from a source who I do trust to have done this research. But apparently in like the Middle Ages, one of the few in Europe, and I think specifically like 
England or Germany or somewhere, um, one of the few jobs that women could have would be brewing. And they were very, very good at it. And there were some male brewers who were like, so angry. And um, for whatever reason, uh, lady brewers used to wear conical hats with wide brims. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, no, no. Witches wear conical hats with wide brims. And that's why we have the witch hat image is because that's what female brewers used to use. And male brewers villainized them for being better at their job than they were. The patriarchy strikes again! Yeah, <laughs> several hundred years ago. Yeah, Sons of bitches! Sons of bitches! Um, yeah, so that was fun. Anyway, um, so they back to the plot a little bit. They fall in love during the snowstorm. And it's cute. And then at, by this point, and I really appreciated this, that like... Um, Dom is opening up more. Kat's getting to know more people now. So, like, she feels invested in staying, not just for Dom, but, like, she feels like she's starting to build a community for herself here. Vicky shows up. They're good to go. Everything's great. Meanwhile, um, uh, Dom has a conversation with Luke, and he's like, listen, listen, I've tried to stay out of your business, but I got to tell you, your bro Wexler, who wants to take you to on this Vegas trip when you should be here helping your wife with your business, he wants to fuck your wife. And he has since high school. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's doing this to sabotage your marriage so that he can leave his now fourth wife that he cheats on every single one of his wives to to go after your wife. So just be aware. Um, and then... We apparently Luke we see off screen Luke mentions this to Waxler Luke is an idiot Luke is a fucking idiot and and the only reason Dom is still friends <laughs> with him is because he's been friends with him since like elementary school yeah 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 so then Wexler shows up and is like mind your own fucking business Dom blah blah, blah. and Dom's like I'm gonna like, ruin your life I'm gonna ruin your life and Dom's like sure asshole go for it so that's when we find out that Wexler is on the city council who is responsible for approving Vicky and Kat's restaurant license for their brew pub. And he convinces the rest of the city council to vote no because, well, it's because he wants to fuck over Dom. <clears throat> and they explain later that it's just like, oh, it's a small town, so everybody knows everybody's business. I wish there had been a time that Wexler had seen Cat with Dom. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed out that. And that was that was another weird part that I think we could have futzed with. Yeah. Um, but Vicky... One of, so we, Vicky sounds like a terrible business partner, which she kind of is, but her dad owns a very successful chain of restaurants, so she knows how to run a restaurant. So that's why... Um, Vicky and Kat are in it together where Vicky's going to run the restaurant part and Kat's going to do the brewing. And so Wexler convinces the city council that Vicky's dad is using this as a means, as like a Trojan horse to bring his restaurant to the small town. Who's very against like any big box or chain yeah, restaurants or anything. Because all the members of the city council own small businesses yep. in this town that depends on tourism. So of course they're like, ah, no, bad. Um, so then Dom's like, I want to fix it. And Kat's like, I guess, but 
God, now I have to leave, and I don't want to leave this town, and I don't want to go back to my ex and, like, beg for a reference that's shitty. And that's when, we have the, that's when we have the cry scene. That's when we have the, the, the please don't talk during sex, because I don't want this to be about emotions. And I, I thought that like... was very tender. Mm-hmm. And one of, like, and it was sexy, but unlike the other sex scenes, not in a, I'm going to save this for the spank bank mm-hmm. way, it was like, oh... Here's an emotionally plot-driven mm-hmm. sex scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like, great, good job. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, to me, it wasn't sexy as much as it was weighty. Like, yes. it had weight. It yes, had it had a lot of weight. Yeah, so that was great. So then we see Dom <clears throat> sort of wheel and deal. I wish that it had been more about him, like, using his newfound ability to like become like to be part of the community kind of thing. But it it was very specifically like each person that he happened to know happened to have an in with a city council member. Also because tourist season was about to start, apparently the city council just wasn't going to meet until the fall. And it's like, this is a tiny town where nothing happens if they can go like three months without the city council meeting. But okay. Um, but they're able to call an emergency meeting if four of the five city council members want to. <clears throat> so Dom is able to reach out to different people he knows who has different ends with different city council members. And then I did want to see the scene where he was at the city council meeting and like was arguing on behalf of Kat's restaurant or have Kat do it. Had let like, Kat and I, Vicky it, do it. That would have, that was a scene <laughs> I desperately missed right that like Part cat standing up for her own business yeah in in this instance i was kind of i was kind of okay with dom doing it because it also had to do with his growth as a character yeah um but yeah i would have loved to have had cat and vicky had a chance to do it but we just gloss over that completely so then they're able to open the restaurant oh also it was very it they very specifically because <clears throat> they already had the liquor license. So people were like, well, can you just serve beer without food? And they're like, no, the money comes from food. Like, the the margins for brewing are razor thin. Like, the, the food pays for the brewing, essentially. So yeah. I appreciated that. I feel like that has to be true. I mean, that, that didn't... It wasn't <clears throat> presented in a way where I felt like that could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so many of like the brewery places I ever go to serve food. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And they serve the type of food they talked about, which is like cheap, cheap to store, cheap to make, no need, no special knowledge required. Right, 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 right. Um, so then Dom can somehow convinces. So that, cause that was the thing too, is like he did all this work to get them to meet. And then all of a sudden they changed their mind and there was nothing to explain why they changed their mind. So that was one part that I was like, I wish we had like seen that yeah, or like had that explained to us in any way, shape or form. Anyway, so then they're able to open the restaurant and the brew pub. They open it on time. It's wonderful. And then this is a book that switches off between perspectives. So then, and this is something I had never seen before, they each get their own epilogue. Yep. There's a cat epilogue and a dom epilogue. Yeah. And of course, the Dom epilogue is to set up the next book, which is his twin sister, Dakota. Yes. Who, okay, Dakota needs to mind her own fucking business. Because <laughs> the book starts with her being like, to Dom, oh, I just, I just, 
you know, ran into Joanne and she's broken up about you dumping her. Why aren't you, why do you keep dumping these women? And like being in his business about wanting to settle down. But then we find out that she's even more of a commitment phobe than he is. <laughs> so it's like, why do you care? Like, you obviously understand why if you're like worse than he is. Anyway. Um, oh, another moment. Um, touching on uh, the conver- one of the conversations between Luke and Dom. Luke is the guy who says, oh, it's a lady brewer. Everything's going to be too fruity, whatever. And then Dom's like, don't don't be sexist. Don't be an asshole. So we see Dom calling him out on that, which was really yeah. great. Oh, my God. We don't even need to go into it, but the, the scene where they double date with Luke and Ruby, and he is drunk and just like the a worst. mess. And a bad person. And a bad person. And Ruby is delightful. Ruby seems I lovely. I super appreciated that that was from Kat's perspective. And mm-hmm. Kat's like, wow, Ruby's this lovely person who's so sweet. She's into cool movies the way that I am and also likes beer. This Luke guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, just to wrap things up, Zach, the kinky friend, his wife Penny, comes from a brewing dynasty and that's how they get the plenty of the younger. So then there's a really nice scene because her her epilogue is opening day of the restaurant and Penny's there. That's our first time meeting Penny, the infamous Penny, who we know all about her sexual proclivities before we even get to meet her. She's great. She's lovely. And then she's like, this is really good beer. Good job. I'm very impressed. So, you know, ladies helping ladies. Love it. Love it. Also, um, just a very quick note for, yes. uh, and, uh, and just because I was curious, because I've had plenty of the elder beer, and I think it's good. Like, I don't seek it out, but I'm mm-hmm. also not a big beer drinker. Yeah. Um, but I was just curious, because that is a real beer. So it's like, so what's this plenty of the younger thing? So uh, this comes from a brewery in California. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the book is correct that plenty of the younger is only served on tap on location uh and it is hard to get but this year in 2022 they are going to bottle it oh so in fact we will be able to and it is still going to be expensive and hard to find but we will be able to get it and it is just this year that's happening where's the brewery Yeah, there's a because we are also in California. Northern California. Oh, that makes sense. Um, because I was gonna say we could go, we could go make a trip. Not that I uh have money. Russian River Brewing. Where are you? Um, not that I have money or interest in beer. I don't like beer, um, except for beer that doesn't taste like beer. Like I like sours, and then like really dark beers that don't taste like beer anyway although this might be just a fun trip just because <laughs> yeah. like this book did its research yeah i would i would do it i'd enjoy it anyway um i think that was that book yeah yeah that, that was, was uh hardwood a steamy romantic comedy that was that book. <laughs> are you ready are you ready are you ready Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Fuck Mary. Kill.
<laughs> okay, Claire. <laughs> yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Brad, the evil twink. Uh huh. Wexler, the evil douche city council member, or Luke, the just like douchey douche McGee. Ah, uh, oh, it's a confederacy of douches. A confederacy of douches. <laughs> um. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm going to kill Brad. Okay. Because he... Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Ah. I love this game when it's like three really great people or three really terrible people. Yes. And you're just like, fuck, what do I do? Ugh. Okay. Um, okay, no, I'm going to kill Wexler. Because uh, he's, he is a cartoon villain. Mm-hmm and evil incarnate and i hope he's i kind of hope he remains the villain throughout the series i doubt it i doubt that it would but be that would be really super fun. fun like if he was just the forever mm. villain oh yeah. and he's in the council so we can always fuck everybody yeah, over not, yeah 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 that's fun okay but i am still gonna kill him okay <laughs> but i i i enjoy that i am killing him because of who he is as a character and not mm -hmm. because he's badly written. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Yeah. It was It was a little, you know, like a little dramatic, a little soap opera -y, but like totally viable. No, and it fit. Viable? Was... That's not a word. Viable. <laughs> viable. Believable. There, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's vile, vileable. Vile. -able. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to kill Wexler. Okay. Um... Shit. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Well, I think this means that I'm going to marry Luke. Uh-oh. No. Am I? Yes, I'm going okay. to marry Luke. Good luck. Ugh, it's going to be rough, but maybe if he stays friends with Don. Um, Dom suggested marriage counseling. And he did go for and it. He and uh, Ruby. Ruby went, and it seemed to have, uh, and it, and it, I liked to, it, nothing was fixed, but they were definitely moving in a better direction. Yes. So yeah. I feel like maybe he's going through a growth period. Um, whereas I feel like Brad is never going to go through a growth period, mm -hmm. but there's quite obviously something about him that was worth fucking. Fair. So, <laughs> so I'm going to fuck him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to marry Luke and kill Wexler. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so that's where I am. Okay, I'm going to kill Luke. Excellent. Because the thing is, he... The, okay, so Wexler and Brad are, like, villains. Luke isn't meant to be a villain. He's just a bad person. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Luke. I agree, there has to be something about Brad. So I'm going to fuck Brad. And then I'm going to marry Wexler because then I can go live in a cute little town in Canada. And eventually he's going to cheat on me and divorce me and go marry somebody else. So it, it's not just, even a forever thing. Just take that money. Yeah. <laughs> just take that money. Just take that money. <clears throat> and I will let him go have a bros weekend in Vegas as much as he wants. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Wexler. He can, as long as he gets tested when he comes back or doesn't expect me to sleep with him anymore. It's fine. Anyway. So that's what I'm doing. That sounds good. Yeah. Damn. Dang. Um, what was the name of the kink friend? The rich kink friend? Zach. Zach. Okay. 
Sorry, I couldn't remember. So, mm-hmm. but that gives a hint to my uh-huh. FMK lit, yeah, 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 which is Dom, uh huh, Steve, uh huh, Zach. Okay. So, well, and for those listeners who are just, just you know, so far into the podcast, maybe have paused it a couple of times. Steve is, of course, Thor. <laughs> Steve Thor, our haughty love interest from the first book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to kill Zach. <gasps> I don't want to. Okay. I don't like it, but I have to kill someone, and I'm going <laughs> to kill Zach. And for two reasons: one, um, we just we we learn about him the least. Yeah. Um, which is fun. Like how he 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 fit perfectly into this book. But we just don't know nearly as much about him as we do. He felt almost like a character that was like from a book one, like that he and Penny's relationship had been part of another book. Like, yeah. And and now we, isn't it fun that we get this little Easter egg that we get to see how they're doing now? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what they were. So it's like, if we had read that other book, we would feel like, oh, they're still in love and happy. But there isn't another book. Is no, there? no, no, I don't think there is. Okay. But that's what it felt like the that's way they were. A written. little bit what it felt like. And so like, and then the other reason why I'm, I'm going to kill him and the, not that this is a reason to kill someone, but a reason why it's not going to work out between us is he, his interest in kink is beyond mine. And I wouldn't want that to come between us in a relationship. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill him because I'm going to fuck Dom. Because it sounds like he's very good at it. Um, And just like, uh, it would be on a bar somewhere like. He's he's just like bed beds are for beginners. Let's do it wherever. Like I love it. Um, and then I'm gonna marry Steve because he's also good at the sex. He also um, he he's good at like yes he's a bricklayer, but there's like an artistry to what he does that is like completely outside of what I am able to do. So I I find that attractive. Like people who are good artistically at things that I have no idea what to do. I'm just like, Oh, that's very sexy that you can do that. Also, he just seems so damn nice and so sweet. And, and yeah, I'll have to live in SoCal and I'm not like jazzed about that. Um, but yeah, he just seems really nice and he and his dad have a great relationship. So I'd get to like hang out with the dad too. And, and his, his house sounded fucking adorable. So I'm gonna marry Steve. Aww, yeah. yeah. What about you, Claire? Um, I think I'm also gonna kill Zach, but it is hard it's because sad. he does seem perfect, and I like a perfect person. But also, yeah, there is a, a lot of extreme kink there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to spend that much money on your play barn, and knowing that that's not their only playroom. Mm-hmm. Like that they go, you know, it's just, it's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to fuck Steve. Okay. Okay. Cause I think that would, it would be fun one time around. I think 
I think, and I also like his artistry and stuff, but I, I just kind of fell in love with Dom. That's fair. Like, I think one of the things I like about Dom is I think that he, like, if we did fall in love, if we did fall in love, like if you liked me back, <laughs> um, I, I think he'd be okay with like the kink sometimes, but like not mm-hmm. having it be the main, the main course. Yeah. 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 Like that, you know, but that also like, cause that's how it was in the book too. Like there wasn't, that wasn't always the thing. And so I really liked that and mm-hmm. that he's malleable in that way. Um, yeah but also yeah the sex was super great and also he seemed to grow as a character and Mm -hmm. i like that a lot and he was fun and enjoyed a good joke (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i'm bored and then you can go live in a cute little town in canada a cute little town in canada above (laughs) his workshop Mm -hmm. yes that all sounds lovely yeah and claire out of all the characters out of all the characters you're gonna marry who you're gonna kill going to marry dom no i take them back i'm gonna marry cat okay yeah sure no one because i thought she was super attractive she's got pink hair Mm -hmm. she's you know full boobs but also just a little bit of a belly Mm -hmm. she likes beer she's she obviously likes good food and good coffee and Mm -hmm. things like that like she's super smart she's on top of her shit and when I mentioned this earlier that it's like, I'm afraid of conflict. I'm like, ah, bitch, whatever. Um, but it was, it was very specifically like standing up to Vicky because they are friends and she was worried about the friendship. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, I'll believe her when she says that she's conflict averse, but like it was only ever with Vicky. We don't see it anywhere else. Right. But I also, be- it felt in a very human way. Right. It felt very believable yeah. and it did not, it was not, it was there to be uh, a point for her to grow and not there to be a reason for Dom to swoop in and fix things for right. her, which I really appreciated and was really well done. Yeah. No, I think, I thought she was a badass. Yeah. And... She's kind of, I, it didn't say she had tattoos. I feel like realistically she would have to, like a sleeve. Yeah. And it would look very good on her. Yeah. No, she looks great uh and she's she just seems super fun and on top of her shit mm-hmm. would 100 marry her yeah yeah yeah. so which does mean I'm, I'm gonna fuck dom sure like it's like maybe the three of us can all have fun together i don't know what they're in i don't know they're probably not into that these these were both very like yeah monogamous books but that's okay maybe they'll make an exception for me they they, <laughs> they seemed open to trying new things so who knows yes Yes, yes. And I do believe that the two of them will probably go to one of Zach's, Zach and Penny's parties one time. Mm-hmm. And they will <laughs> poke around a little bit, so to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I think killing-wise, you know, weirdly, I'm going to kill Luke. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and this is not about like bad written character mm-hmm. like i feel like we often kill our badly written characters and i think he does grow mm-hmm. and change but he is an idiot and penny can do better penny seems lovely and fun and fine Ruby. 
Oh, Ruby. Sorry, Ruby. And Ruby can do better. Ruby can do a lot so better. So I, 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 I just want Ruby to be free of this idiot <laughs> who she's obviously lugging around with her. <laughs> like, Carrying this lady around has like been albatross. trying so hard for so long. And, like, mm-hmm. a friend had to talk him into going to counseling. And he's now just Ugh. like... Oh my god, this is actually working and I kind of wanted to punch him in the face. I bet you she has had that thought for a long time but knew that she couldn't bring it up with him. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, so 100% I mm-hmm. think I just want Ruby to be free. Yeah. So there's lots of bad guys that I think deserve a <laughs> mm-hmm. kill but I think Luke is an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I'm also killing Luke because like we said, Brad and Wexler were villains. But, like, they were fun. I mean, they were bad people. But also, like, they are intended to be villains. They are there to be bad people. Luke is a bad person and just doesn't... Re- like, there's no reason for it. Because he's not there to be a villain. He's there for, like, dumb to fucking roll his eyes at. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, God. Um. So, yeah. And, and like, sure. Wexler is terrible and like trying to break up a marriage because he's in love with ruby and yeah brad is jealous and spiteful and drama sure luke is sexist and an idiot and like that whatever he's dead i don't I tell want, you he's what dead. though like if this were a tv show mm-hmm. and like a la gray's anatomy mm-hmm. and if wexler was cast by a hot enough actor I might be asking for second season for him to actually get with, with Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that dude pulled some fucking shit, but... Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did it in the name of love, yo. He did it. Also, he wasn't, tr- he wasn't, like... I mean, he did lie about He's Kat been in Vicky. love with her since high school. Since high school. Oh my god, I'm actually shipping them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's also a bad person. He's a bad person, but what if he's the one that grows? Stop it, Claire. Shut what up. If, what, oh. if he and, what if he and Ruby are book three? Ah, where he, he grows and... Anyway, whatever, it's fine, whatever, whatever. Oh my god, what are we doing? But if <laughs> but if you are listening, uh, Terra Crescent, which by the way, that's a really fun name, Terra Crescent, and you have not written your third book yet, maybe Wexler and Ruby, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then I'm going to fuck Dom, because... Yeah. He's good at it, and... um. His his level of kink is something I can get on board with. Uh-huh. So great. Great, great, great. I might go one of the go to one of the parties. I don't know if I'd participate, but I'd be like Anyway. Um and then I'm gonna marry Steve. He's, oh, that was so cute. I'm gonna marry Steve. Steve. He's um like he's a little too perfect. Uh yeah. No, he was. But then also like he did feel very real. He felt like a genuinely nice human being as opposed to like a perfect guy in a book who can do anything yeah. kind of thing. Um, and he's, oh God, he's, for all the reasons I said before, he's gorgeous. He's good at the sex. And like his job has this like artistry and creativity to it that I, I'm sure I would admire. 
Um, he has this cute little house in Alhambra. Except the cat. The cat would be an issue. He does have a cat. Um, and I am very, very allergic. So we'd have to figure that out. But other than that, I'm going to marry Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about the books, Claire? Um, <clears throat> I am utterly shocked. But, um, okay, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> for hard oh i don't know should i start with hardwood or um okay so i think one brick at a time i'm gonna fuck it mm-hmm. i think it was an imperfect book for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. um it definitely like uh if if we have listeners out there who are looking for gay erotica that is less problematic than some of the other ones that we've read mm-hmm. yeah this is great yeah. this was like chock-a-block full of sex stuff yeah and fun and then you can go back to the plot if you want to as well um <laughs> you just don't read the f- skip the first 10 pages and the last 10 pages and it's just sex yeah yeah but you know uh honestly it made me curious about this particular writer's other books mm-hmm. like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um uh, J.P. Bowie has a lot of books yeah. that he's written. And, it, and you can tell because this one had some typos. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like, it made, and a bunch of supernatural ones and mm. a bunch of ones that are, are longer. Yeah. And so it made me really curious. I, I bet one of his other books is in my like folder of bookmarks of books that I've like, am considering for future. I'm willing episodes. to bet it too. So like, yeah. Honestly, just because it made me curious about his other books, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm gonna fuck this book. In addition to it being an enjoyable read, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. Um, hardwood. Like, <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna marry hardwood. <laughs> I am shocked. Both of these books, I genuinely thought were going to be terrible. Wasn't this fun to read these terrible shit books? Yeah. I genuinely thought that. Yep. And I am not just pleasantly surprised, but like excited. Mm-hmm. So fuck yeah. Like anyway, yeah. so surprisingly, um, I'm going to marry a book that on the cover has a hammer where the handle is straight up in front of a man's crotch <laughs> and ah. be like everybody read this book Tara crescent you win Tara crescent good job you give good books like i still feel like honest to god it meant he it meant to say sass and not full of ass you know what? But fuck it. Fine. Maybe. She's full of ass. Maybe it was full. Of, I mean, this book is full of ass. <laughs> she was not wrong. She did not lie to us. And no lies. No lies were seen. No uh, lies. Neil, from the books. Um, I am also going to fuck one brick at a time. Um, the things that I didn't like about it is that I wanted more of it. And that's a really good thing to come out of a book. I also, I mean, looking at these covers, I also was like, these are going to be terrible books. But One Brick at a Time, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really enjoyable to read. I I wish that there was a little more plot to balance out the side. Yeah, I would say like, One Brick at a Time feels like a slow burn romance title. 
Mm-hmm. And it is, it's not. It's not no, at all. It's all and, the bricks at once. I mean, I, I think this could have been just called the bricklayer. Yeah. <laughs> or laying bricks. Or, or loads of bricks. Loads of bricks. So, but it's one brick at a time. But it's one brick at a time. But it's it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. It's also a very short read. So if you if you want to read a quick book where two guys do it a lot, read this book. <clears throat> and then uh, Hardwood, I am not ready to marry it. I'd date it for a while or like have an ongoing friends with benefits situation kind of thing. Dom still had some alpha hole qualities even by the end that I was just like, ugh. Um, but it was it was really enjoyable. The stakes felt really real. Like I I was so invested in that brew pub. And it was so sweet how quickly like Kat became part of the community and like how Dom grew, which never happens in a lot of these books. And like the thing with the apprentice, like it was just really fun. It was really sweet. And like there were things that I could clock. Like I realized very quickly that the landlady was Dom and Dakota's mom. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was obvious. <clears throat> and that they keep talking about the shack. And it's like, oh, so obviously there's going to be a snowstorm. It's going to be forced proximity. Like you could see some things coming. But it was done in such a way that you're just like, oh, that's going to be a lot of fun when that does happen. Or like yeah, when that like, realization is made. I can't wait made. for that to yeah, happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, I surprisingly really enjoyed these books. And then also just like how responsible this book was with BDSM <clears throat> was like shocking. And I th- I think what it is, is that like actual BDSM, actual kink involves so much conversation. You have to talk about so much stuff because that is how you are sure that it is safe and consensual. And I know that either people don't talk about it because it's not sexy to like talk through that stuff or we don't see that. So people don't know that it's actually there. This was having those conversations while being teasy and sexy, but then also like I've, I've said a billion times and I'm going to say it again, just because it's just like mind boggling how rare it is that like cat was always safe and was constantly choosing yes to the kinks, to being sort of sub and a dom sub situation. And she could like back out at any time. And I all I the whole time I felt that if Kat said no, that Dom would have respected that. Oh, immediately. And like that's almost never true in books like no. this. Yeah, and uh and I I never ever felt like um like there was some weird setup for how she had to be a bad girl and the things she had to be punished mm-hmm. for that were her things that were outside their sex life yeah like yeah no it was play. yeah it was great like i i want to give this book a special award for like responsible kinkdom just like here you go yeah. book enjoy it yeah anyway um so yeah i think that's it for those books so i guess it's time for our favorite favorite game game. (sighs) (laughs) you can leave that one in that That was amazing that is the season 
<laughs> kids. Okay. So, um, okay. So one of these, I'm going to cheat a little bit and not read the whole title because it gives it away. Like the, the you know, the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so excited. Next time we are reading Ruth's Bonded, the Gandry book one by VC Lancaster and Planet Glacerous, Siren Publishing Menage, Everlasting Man Love by Olivia Black. Ooh. Say those titles again. Not the yeah. author's names. Say just the titles. <clears throat> okay, so we're reading Ruth's Bonded, as in R-U-T-H apostrophe S bonded, as in I think it means Ruth is bonded. Ruth's Bonded, The Gandry Book One, and Planet Glacerous, Siren Publishing Menage Everlasting Man Love. (laughs) I think that second bit is like from the publishing house and not technically a title. And then Planet Glacerous is the one that has a subtitle that I am not reading because it will give it away. So, So my first thought is it's going to be something like... um like space travel space exploration that's very very close because it's a planet yes okay okay so like international space station kind of stuff (laughs) that'd be so classy uh no (laughs) no but is it like international space prison stuff (laughs) oh um one of them involves a prison, but it is not international space prisons. You're 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 kind of like circling around it. I think I think you're both overthinking it a little bit. Astronauts. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm trying to think less. <laughs> um I mean, I do feel like this is. I'm feeling very Dune about this whole Ooh, thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, yes. Sci-fi. Yes, yes, yes. Is it sci-fi? They are both sci-fi. That's not okay. the theme, but right, they are right, both right. sci-fi. But that is the type of book. So, mm-hmm. is it harem? Are they both harem? Space harem? No. <laughs> But that's it, put a pin in that because that's a point of something I want to check in with you about. Space bandits? No. Uh, aliens? Yes. Oh, yes. These are nice. human alien erotic novels. Oh my god. So wait, humans are the aliens? No, no. Well, okay. I think one of them, yes. But one of the lovers is a human and one of the lovers is an alien. Oh my so to, to read the, the entire title, Planet Glacerous, Alien Lovers, book one mm. by Olivia Black. And then responded by the Gendry book one. And um, in my admittedly pretty brief 
research into human alien erotica, there's a lot of kidnapped bride stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. I imagine that you'll enjoy this to some degree. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, yes, one of them is definitely like a kidnapped mate situation. And one of them is a little bit of a twist on that that I'm actually really excited to read. Ooh. Yeah. So that is what we're reading next. Excellent. Well, and don't forget, like, the one after that, we, uh, if you are reading along with us, like, if that is something you are enjoying doing, we are going to be reading E.M. Um, e. Forrester's novel, Maurice, and mm -hmm. Jane Austen's Persuasion. Yes. So... Again, like we said that ahead of time so that you would have time to read it. Uh, Neil and I would have time to mm -hmm. read both those books because they are a little bit more in-depth and a lot more yes. to read. And both of these books that I have picked this time are also fairly short. Ruth's Bonded is 179 pages and Planet Glacerous Alien Lovers books one, book one is 146 pages. Awesome possum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um... So thank you, Claire. Oh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so thank much, Christine. You. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. We could not do this without <laughs> you. And now we can say, if you want to support us, go to Patreon. So listeners, of course, if you are interested in supporting this podcast, <laughs> check the links below in the description. Um, also, you can go to Patreon and search for FMK Lit Pod. You will find us there. We are very excited. And if you do like it and don't feel like throwing us any bones, totes get it. Uh, but like, subscribe, hit those stars, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your lovers, tell your lovers' lovers. Tell your rich friends to, they don't even have to listen to the podcast. They can just support us on Patreon. Oh, yeah, we're totally fine with that. What's, what's 10 bucks a month to them? You know, I don't know. And I'm, I'm assuming they'll forget they even signed up. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that the goal? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and if any of you are friends with Elon Musk, punch him in the face. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. And also then maybe like go onto his phone while he's kind of knocked out and have him subscribe and star <laughs> and sign up for the <laughs> Patreon. The, all those sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And I guess. Um, all this left to say is that if you can do so... Oh, thank you, authors. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you so much, authors. These were both such fun books to read. Um, so thank you so much, authors. Even when they aren't fun books to read, mm -hmm. we always want to make sure to thank the people who are putting themselves out mm -hmm. there and, you know, for consumption, for profit, for loves, for likes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard work to do. We thank you so much. Whenever we thank our authors, we always mean it. This week, we mean it just a little bit more. I mean, because, uh, I mean, for lots of reasons. Thank you, authors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess if you can do so safely. Consensually. On a custom-made sex chair. With lots of conversation. And condoms and lube. Then you might as well. Keep.